the Lord. This is Reverend Rosemary with you today, rejoicing in the Lord for allowing us to meet again around the table of His Word. And we are going to open our study with a word of prayer. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in our midst today and for teaching us and meeting us at our point of need. Father, we pray for open hearts and minds to hear your word and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us, oh God. Teach us your truth, give us wisdom, teach us your purposes, Father God. And we thank you for the corresponding grace to follow through with your instructions, O oh Lord, and to be doers of your word for your glory and for our own rejoicing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, can I start by making a statement? And this statement is that Jesus is our peace. And actually, this is what we're going to be speaking about today. You know, Jesus um, himself warned of these days that we are living in right now. He spoke of the unfolding difficulties in the world. And in the book of Luke, chapter 21 and verse 3, he warned, he said, see to it that you are not troubled. Amen. That's Luke chapter 21 and verse 3. And he also said that uh, one uh, prevailing affliction that is going to plague humanity would be that men's heart would fail them from fear and from the expectation of those things that are coming on the earth. And um, that's, that's found again in um, that same chapter, Luke 21 uh, and verse 26, as you know, he, his warning of uh, men's heart failing them from, from fear and the expectations of things that are coming on the earth. And we see that we are living in the times where today heart failure is uh, the number one killer of men in the Western world. And there may be many contributors to, to this, uh, but a main source um, is the, the inability to handle stress. And medical science actually has shown that stress is one of the main problems, one of the main killers of people. And, uh, it, and it is true that there are times when, you know, stress is unavoidable. For example, uh, if we lose uh, someone dear to us or we lose something that is precious to us, um, that can happen. Uh, however, most of the time, uh, sin is stress. I'm sorry, stress is a sin uh, that we have just simply learned to live with. We accommodate it and we live with it. Um, and the problem is that the Bible tells us that just as death entered the world um, through Adam's sin, so death enters our personal world through our sins. Amen. And I'm going to develop this uh, because some might be wondering, well, 
why is the fact that we are stressed, anxious, or, you know, just not walking in peace, why is that a sin? Well, um, we'll develop this as we go on in the study, but I'd like to turn um, to the book of Romans, chapter 12. Um, and this Romans 5.12 reads this way. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Amen. So, indeed, when we carry stress, we carry a container of death, which is for sure going to take an ever-increasing toll upon our lives. And again, looking at the times that we're living in, Jesus again made that statement in Matthew 24 about not allowing ourselves to be troubled. Amen. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 6, he spoke about uh, he said that we would hear of wars and rumors of wars. And then he added, but see to it that you are not troubled. In other words, do not be frightened. Do not be stressed. Do not be anxious. Amen. And today, most people are living in a state of terror amidst the various problems that are flaring up. We're talking about health issues, economic issues, uh, social problems. So stress is everywhere. And Jesus knew that this would happen. He says, you would hear about wars and rumors of wars. However, he says, see to it. In other words, make sure that you are not troubled. There are things that we must do so that we do not allow trouble. We don't allow anxiety will not allow fear to enter into our lives, the, the stress to enter into our lives. And uh, so Jesus, knowing all of that, you know, he tells us uh, in his word that we are not to be anxious for anything. Man, Philippians chapter four and verse six tells us this, uh, that we are not to be anxious. He says, be anxious for nothing. And still we seem to be anxious about so many things. Um, and, and, you know, this stress-related anxiety is so much part of our lives that uh, we've just accepted it as being, you know, a common thing, an everyday thing, things that, you know, we just uh, have to, you know, live with. And we no longer identify it as being sinful. However, based on the Word of God, it is a sin. Because, you know, the, the heart of the, the matter is that um, when we refuse, or even if I can use the word, we, we are stubborn about refusing to trust uh, the goodness of God or to rest in his power. That is when we actually receive stress in our life. And, um, and all this is a result of unbelief. And actually, this is the enemy's uh, subtle deception to um, bring, uh, you know, to cause chaos in our lives. It's a terror attack from hell uh, that is silently killing, you know, number 
uh, numbers of people every day. And so, you know, you know, the point of the matter is that as believers, we ought to uh, abandon our fears and the stress, stressful anxieties that come from not resting in God, not taking God at his word. Amen. And the Lord sent uh, Jesus, his son, to bring us peace. And one of um, his titles um, is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Amen. And Jesus promised to be with us. The, the Bible says, you know, even to the end of the age in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 20. And so at some point we have, we must accept uh, the power of this promise and to know that he is with us always. And to disbelieve or mistrust this promise is to reject the very character of God's nature. And that is a sin. So as believers, we must consider the price that Jesus paid to uh, cut or sever our connection with the devil and um, with, with the curse that accompanies uh, this connection and to what, what Jesus did to reestablish our covenant connection with God and his blessing. So uh, we know that um, God, the Father, sacrificed his own son. He laid the sin of mankind upon him and Jesus willingly accepted it. Second uh, Corinthians chapter five and verse 21 explains to us that God made Jesus to be sin for us and him who knew no sin so that we in exchange might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. So Jesus actually went to hell for our sake and he went there as our substitute and suffered the pangs of death so that as Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15 tells us that uh, through death, he, that is Jesus, might destroy him, that is Satan, who had the power of death and deliver them who through fear of death, that is you and I, okay, we were all our lifetime subject to bondage. Amen. So Jesus has done all of this. He suffered the pangs of death so that we ourselves can be delivered and walk in freedom, freedom from Satan and freedom from fear. Uh, we can therefore understand why God calls uh, fear evil. Uh, Jesus died to, for, you know, to, to, to win that victory on our behalf. And wherever we allow fear into our lives, regardless of the area, whether it has to do with our finances, um, our health or relationships, then what happens is that it, this, this fear makes Jesus' sacrifice of no effect in that area where we fear. And so it disconnects, disconnects us from this great, um, immeasurable, precious gift of the grace of God that we have received. Um, because the Bible tells us that we have received abundance of grace 
amen, and the gift of righteousness. And because of that, we are called to reign in this life with Christ, amen, not fall again under the whims of the devil and accept his fear into our lives. So even though we are born again and headed to heaven, um, fear will cause us to think like sinners and therefore cut ourselves off from the heavenly blessings that God intends for us to enjoy right here on this earth. Amen. And so bottom line, believers are called uh, to live in peace. We're going to turn to the book of Ephesians and I'm going to read uh, from chapter two, verses um, 13 to 22, um, which is speaking about Jesus be now being our peace. And it's explaining how he accomplished this through the cross. Amen. So let's turn to Ephesians 2, verses 13 to 22. Um, okay. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Verse 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached to you which were far off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Verse 19, now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are builded together for an habitation of God through the spirit. Amen. Well, this is a pretty intense summary of the many things that uh, Jesus has done for us. Um, there is so much that can be said here, but um, for time's sake, let's, let's quickly, uh, let me try to summarize quickly what we've heard here. Uh, number one, that Jesus, we have peace with God because Jesus is our peace. We have access by one spirit unto the Father because of the cross. Hallelujah. And therefore, we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we are now fellow citizens citizens with the saints and we now belong to the house of god and very importantly we are being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets and jesus is our cornerstone amen he is the rock on which we stand hallelujah and as god has is doing that he is also growing us up as a holy temple a habitation of god through the spirit um, in other words, God, we are God's temple, the Holy Spirit, God dwells in us, and we are one with him. 
praise God. And, uh, you know, the Bible tells us that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Amen. And uh, in other words, the kingdom of God rules and reigns when there is liberty indeed, when the Holy Spirit is Lord indeed. Hallelujah. And the kingdom of God consists, the Bible tells us in Romans 14 and verse 17, of righteousness, of peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So Jesus has ensured that all this can be done in our life by being himself our peace. Amen. Uh, he dwells in us by the hope, his Holy Spirit, and he is our peace. He has broken down every wall. He has removed every hindrance. Amen. And the prophet Isaiah calls him the Prince of Peace. Amen. Let's go ahead and turn to that passage. Isaiah chapter 9, and we're going to look at verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Amen. Now look at verse 7. It says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Amen. Hallelujah. So again, we see here that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. And notice the words here in um, I, in, in verse 6, Isaiah 9 and verse 6, it says, unto us, amen. It is unto us, for us, for our benefit that Jesus was born, for our benefit that a son was given, amen. And it says the government of our life and ultimately of all things is upon his shoulder, amen. Uh, this passage declares that he shall be unto us, amen, uh, wonderful. His name is, it shall be called wonderful. What does that mean? That he is the one who works wonders and miracles, hallelujah, for us. Secondly, that his name is counselor. In other words, he will lead us and guide us into all truth, amen, into everything that is right and correct to bring us to that appointed end that he has prepared for us, um, into the good things that he has prepared for us. Um, his name shall also be mighty God. In other one, he's the one to whom, uh, with whom nothing is impossible because he is omnipotent, he is omnipresent, he is omniscient. The, the, he's another name for Jesus is the great I am. Amen. And so nothing is impossible to him. And another name that, you know, he, he bears here uh, is the everlasting father. In other words, he is the one who created all things and from whom all things originate. And being our creator, he knows us 
he knows the potential that he has deposited in us and knows the plans that he has for us that jeremiah 29 11 tells us are good plans to give us a good future and to give us an expected end amen hallelujah and then uh, last but not least we read that he is uh, our prince of peace in verse 6 amen isaiah 9 verse 6 so our he is our prince of peace in other words he is our shalom he is our wholeness that's what the word shalom is amen means he's taking us to a place where there is nothing lacking there is nothing missing there is nothing that is out of order hallelujah so jesus christ the prince of peace will establish us in peace in shalom in wholeness as we allow him to be lord of in our lives amen because he wants us to experience not just the peace with god in other words reconciliation with him hallelujah but also to walk in his peace the peace of god every hour of the day amen that we are led we are by his peace we are dwelling in his peace that all is well with us amen and because of that then as we allow ourselves to not just have peace with god but to walk in the peace of god we find that god takes us into a place of uh, fruitfulness because in this state of peace that we dwell in we can be directed by him hallelujah we can easily follow his leading and uh, be doers of of the word of god and uh, so he makes us fruitful not only in things that concern our lives our personal lives but he uses us um to to extend his kingdom to work together with him to extend his kingdom in other words to bring that same peace to others hallelujah and so this is what um, bring fruitful really entails and god wants to establish this very thing in all of our lives amen and the the word of god tells us that it is for this purpose that the son of god was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil uh, that's stated in first john chapter 3 and verse 8 amen uh, so jesus is was manifested to destroy the works of the devil and don't forget we just saw that he is the prince of peace and this is how he establishes peace by destroying the works of the devil and as he does that in our lives he wants to use us also to to do that work amen um so which is to 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 destroy the works of the enemy in our lives amen and not only our own lives but as i said to also extend his kingdom meaning in the lives of others so when we face adversity and whenever the enemy speaks to us um regardless of which you know way he comes whether it's in whispers or he speaks very loudly uh, through various venues um trying to you know send the message that um you know our hope is dashed that uh, our dreams 
uh, are impossible to achieve. What we need to do is we must believe that the Prince of Peace, who is the Lord of all, hallelujah, uh, has more for us than where we are at that place or what we have experienced. Uh, the Prince of this world with Satan is trying to um, have us buy into his lies. But the Prince of Peace wants us to know that he has much more for us. Hallelujah. Therefore, not to stop there, not to believe the lies of the enemy, but to stretch ourselves in faith to obtain all that God has for us. Amen. And it's not just for us. Again, it is also for the sake of others. So, you know, regardless of the situation that we might be facing, and I know some of them can be very difficult, but God's message to us is that we must not despair, but rather we must arise in faith and put Jesus on the throne of our lives. Amen. Let him be our Lord, our King, our Savior, our Deliverer, our Peace, our Rock, our sure Foundation. Let him be our all in all. It is in him that we live and move and have our being, the word says. You know, uh, the apostle Paul, I'm sorry, not Paul, John, um, had a vision of heaven um, in the book of Revelation. And uh, we are going to turn to a passage there in Revelation chapter 5. And in that vision, um, we see, uh, I mean, the, the, the apostle John saw a scroll that needed to be opened and that there was no man worthy of that task. And so he was very sorrowful and wept. But in Revelation 5, verses 4 and 5, this is what we read. He says, And I wept much, because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Amen. So notice what happens here. There is a scroll to be opened and no one can open that scroll. But we see God's intervention. He says, weep not. And what do you do? He says, behold. In other words, look, pay attention to this. Amen. And what are we to pay attention to? What was he asked to pay attention to? To pay attention to the lion of the tribe of Judah who has prevailed. Amen. So whatever difficulty we might be facing, amen, this word here is telling us that we are not to weep, but to take courage and to rejoice because the work is already done for us. There is one who has gone ahead of us and he has prevailed. And he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he has prevailed not for himself, but for us on our behalf. So remember, uh, I believe it's in John chapter 16 and verse 33, when Jesus told his disciples, he says that in this life, you shall have tribulations. He says, but be of good cheer for I have overcome. So in other words, he overcame for us. Jesus has gone ahead of us and established the victory in the realm of the spirit. Amen. We actually can read uh, what Jesus, 
you know, what happened there, how he, uh, what he did um, when we speak of the victory that he accomplished for us. We earlier um, read from Hebrews chapter 2, but I would like to also quote right now from Colossians chapter 2, verses 14 and and 15, uh, in speaking about what was accomplished at the cross. Um, These verses here tell us, uh, it says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Amen. So everything that was against us was nailed to Jesus' cross. He absorbed it all. And in turn, he gave us his triumph. So there must not be any room in our life for discouragement, for hopelessness. God has done it all for us through Jesus. And he calls us to be strong in him, to stand strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Why? Again, because the lion of the tribe of Judah has conquered and overcome Satan and his kingdom of darkness. Amen. So now we can rejoice and join in to declare what Romans 8.37 says. It says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. We We are not just conquerors, but we are more than conquerors. So if we are in Christ, and I'm speaking truly in him, amen, not just a Sunday Christian or, you know, just we, we, we speak, you know, we talk the talk, but we don't do the corresponding actions, amen, that are required of us. Then if, it's, if our heart has not been truly transformed, then we cannot claim that. But if we truly are in him, then nothing can come against us to overcome us. Because through him, we are victorious. We are more than conquerors. The Bible tells us that greater is he that is Christ in us than he, the devil, that is in the world. Amen. So God is glorious. He is all-powerful. And we therefore must not be impressed by, uh, you know, the, 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 the force or, and the power that the devil is displaying. Um, you know, against us. Amen. Uh, But we must be impressed rather by the power of God. He has all power in heaven and on earth. And Jesus, the Prince of Peace, after his resurrection from the dead, he made this declaration. And we read that in the book of Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18. And Jesus says, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Amen. Jesus says that he has the keys of hell and death. Amen. And so all power has been given to him in heaven and on earth. And the the, the expression of the kingdom of God is the expression of his omnipotence, of that power that is ruling and reigning everywhere. So God tells us that nothing is impossible to him. Absolutely nothing. He is the creator. He speaks and it is done. He is all powerful and he does what he wills. And therefore his kingdom is the kingdom of the all powerful. 
it's the kingdom of where the realm of where everything is possible for those who belong to him who are his children and indeed if we are his by having believed in him and walking in the light of his word then it is our kingdom it is the place where we draw strength amen remember we read from uh, the book of isaiah uh, verses six and seven well verse seven went on to say of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end amen and then he says the he says upon the throne of david and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever and the zeal of the lord host will perform this amen so number one we see that god's kingdom is our kingdom now it is an ever increasing kingdom and as it increases well we can see what happens one kingdom is increasing the other one is decreasing so this means that satan's kingdom is decreasing to his end and it says to us that the he, the lord is the lord of hosts amen in other words he's the lord of the army and it is his zeal that is doing this so, so the zeal of the lord is at work amen to perform the very thing that he has told us when he says that everything is possible for him who believes he means just that and he wants to tell us that we have access to this kingdom his government uh, is over our lives and this government is increasing if we allow him amen he is all powerful and, and his presence come into our life to accomplish things for us but ultimately for his glory amen um therefore as god's children we must truly rejoice because of this uh exceeding great promise that we have um you know we are his now but just think of it uh when we were sinners before we came to him the bible says that yeah you know christ came and died for us actually it is his death that allows us to come to him we on our own we could have never come to him it is him who is drawing us to him it is him who has done you know accomplish all of this and um and regardless of where we've been of you know how bad it was of how bad we think we were the bible says that where sin abounds grace much more abound amen uh that's stated in romans chapter 5 and verse 20. so god gives us his salvation because he loves us amen he gives us his grace if we repent with all of our hearts and he also tells us that he is healing us so um we know from um the book of isaiah isaiah chapter 53 and uh, verses 4 and 5 as well as first peter chapter 2 25 it states that by the stripes of jesus we are healed amen so we can see here um you know god's gift to us the the provision of the kingdom that comes to us when we are in him and jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead so that we have access through all of this and on the top of it the bible says now seated at the right hand of the father interceding for us he's our high priest enforcing making sure that everything that 
you know, he accomplished on the cross, that nothing go, goes, uh, is left, um, earn, uh, that, that we, we, we miss out on all that he has done. So he's there praying for us, interceding for us as our high priest. Amen. And so the Lord promises us freedom uh, from all captivity. And this is what truly what living, uh, not, not just having peace with God, but having the peace of God is all about. Uh, we must not allow the enemy to lock us up with um, things that God did not place in us. For example, um, we just read here that God, you know, the, the, Jesus came to bring us healing, but with his stripes we are healed. So we should not be locked into any kind of physical, mental, or emotional issue. Amen. Um, negative. Um, that, that is negative. Um, because that's not who we are in Christ. Uh, that's not our lot in life. Um, the Bible tells us that as new creations in Christ, that, um, you know, we are, that all things ha uh, have passed away and behold, all things are become new. Amen. That's stated in second Corinthians chapter five and verse 17. And therefore, as new creations in Christ, we must know that captivity, whatever captivity that we found ourselves in uh, previously, uh, cannot and should not remain in our life. Because the Lord, the Prince of Peace, has come to break this thing from our lives. Amen. He is again wonderful. His name is wonderful. He's the one who works these miracles inside of us, this wonderful work. So we must trust him. And, and walk in the light of the word. Hallelujah. He is the author of peace. He's come and he has taken pain. He's taken sorrow. He's taken confusion. All the former things are gone. And, you know, as the righteousness of God in Christ, as we saw earlier in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, that Jesus took on the sin of the world, of humanity, so that he became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And therefore, um, as the righteousness of God, we really don't owe anything to the devil. Amen. We are um, redeemed uh, from his power. We are redeemed from his authority. And God delights in the prosperity of his people. And don't forget another name for God is El Shaddai. In other words, everything. He is more than enough. Amen. And we are told in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we go ask for. Amen. And so, um, you know, we have to remind ourselves. Uh, that's why we must become established in the word of God and have the word in our heart, in our mind, and on our mouth constantly. That, as his word says, that yes, um, you know, weeping uh, may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Uh, in his favor, in God's favor, there is life. Amen. We must remind ourselves that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. In other words, he's the first and the last. And the Bible calls him the Amen. And what he, which means that what he has said concerning us shall surely come to pass. Why? Because, again, he is the last. He's not only the first, but he's the last, meaning that his word is final. 
he is called the amen what he he is the amen and has said amen to to his own word hallelujah in other words it is done we must let that sink into our spirit and rise up in faith rise up in praise hallelujah and rejoicing and that is why um the bible tells us to praise the lord that praise is um a, a, a weapon amen against what sorrow amen the power against sorrow is in praise um don't forget the lion of the tribe of judah has prevailed well the word judah means praise hallelujah and uh jesus being that lion the lion of the tribe of judah being the lion of praise has prevailed for us and we must therefore praise him for that victory praise god hallelujah you know the, the bible tells us that um the gospel of jesus christ is the power of god unto salvation and what does that mean it means that salvation speaks of deliverance from sin and all effects of sin all amen um and so the gospel has the power to make us whole to experience peace that is shalom in every area of our lives amen uh jesus told his disciples um actually in john chapter 14 i'm going to read two verses verse 16 and then i will go on to verse 26 john 14 verse 6 verse i'm sorry no verse 14 yeah it's verse 14 and then verse 26 um jesus says and i will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever amen and now we jump to verse 26 he says but the comforter which is the holy ghost whom the father will send in my name he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever i have said unto you hallelujah so jesus here he's sending his holy spirit amen and he says this the holy spirit is your comforter and not only that is with us forever that is permanent this is what jesus just told his disciples so the holy spirit is here to ensure that we live as a, as our comforter this is what the comforter does amen uh we live in god's peace in god's shalom not just now but forever so when jesus says that he gives us peace actually he's already done it it's all done and he has sent his holy spirit into us and it is our responsibility to receive that peace uh to guard it amen in other words protect it so that it will not be stolen to keep it amen from the enemy uh jesus explained this in uh that's in chapter john 14 and verse um 27. um jesus says peace i leave with you my peace i give unto you not as the world gives give i unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid so based on this instruction the lord says let not your heart be troubled in other words we have the power amen not to let our heart be troubled and the you see the world did not give us that peace therefore the world cannot doesn't have the power to take it away um 
our peace comes from the Prince of Peace who lives in us. Amen. Remember, we read in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, that he, Jesus, is our peace. So consequently, whatever turmoil there is today uh, in our lives or in the world in general, we must not allow it to come inside of us. Um, we can keep the storm outside where it belongs. Um, we must learn to keep darkness where it belongs, that is in Satan's territory. And the more we grow in Christ, the more we realize that the, in the battles of life, it is our peace that is actually a weapon against the enemy. And our confidence in God's word, in, in, in taking a stand and just focusing on the Lord declares that we are not falling for the lies of the devil. And the first thing we must do uh, to walk in spiritual authority over the devil is to have that peace in spite of our circumstances. Our peace does not depend on the circumstances. Amen. It is in spite of the circumstances because it is a, a, an expression of the life of Jesus inside of us. Amen. That we are allowing to flow through in and through us. So whenever Jesus, look at how he, beha he, he behaved, uh, whenever he confront, confronted the devil, he did not oppose Satan with emotions or in fear. Knowing that the devil is a liar, Jesus simply refused to be influenced by any other voice than God's voice. Amen. And so the same way we are instructed in the book of James 4, uh, James chapter 4 and verse 7 tells us to submit to God and to resist the devil and he will flee from us. Amen. And, you know, we need God's peace operating in our inner man in order to resist the devil effectively. Um, remember in um, the book of Matthew chapter 8, we have an account there, uh, verses 23 to 27, of Jesus being in a ship with his, with his disciples. And they encountered a violent storm. But what do we also see there is that the disciples were afraid, but Jesus was not afraid. He exercised his authority over this violent storm. He drew from the peace that was residing inside of him. And the expansion of that peace, you know, went over, you know, uh, the elements that had come against them. So Jesus didn't have to fight against the storm. He didn't fear it. He faced its fury and subdued it with his, that, because he was in perfect Amen. So in other words, his peace overwhelmed the enemy. His, and then he used his authority to shatter the lie and to send the enemy flying. Amen. We cannot work from a place of being uh, anxious, being tormented. Amen. We cannot exercise our authority like this. It requires walking in the peace of God so that we can have full control of who we are in Christ and exercise the, that authority. Remember again in Pilate's court, in an environment that was filled with emotional turmoil, uh, you know, by, by, by Satan and his cohorts, the powers of hell, um, Jesus was completely calm. Um, 
you know, it was a peace that was born out of his resolve to do the will of God, uh, no matter what the cost. Amen. And so um, his spirit produced a serenity um, that perfectly represented the peace uh, uh, that, you know, that is at the throne of God. Hallelujah. Um, and so in the same manner, we are called to align ourselves with God's word and his purposes and let him take us to a place of rest, a place of peace um, before we can effectively resist the enemy. And so, you know, that is why we're instructed in um, Philippians chapter four um, in verses six and seven, we are told to be careful for nothing, but in everything, not some things, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to let our requests be made known unto God. And then verse seven says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Notice the peace guards not just our heart, but also our mind. So when we choose to trust God and do whatever, you know, what we are instructed um, by the Holy Spirit, which is not to worry, but to pray, to offer thanksgiving, um, the Holy Spirit, who is the spirit of the word, will take hold of our heart and mind, will fill it with peace that passes all understanding. Amen. And that in itself is a position of rest. It is a position of power. Amen. And, um, you know, we read in Romans, Romans chapter 16 and verse 20, that the God of peace will soon crush Satan under our feet. Amen. And this happens when we maintain peace uh, during warfare. It's actually a crushing blow. Uh, to any kind of satanic oppression and fear. Um, and so we have to remember that our victory does not come from our emotions, does not come from our, vic uh, our intellect, but it comes by refusing to judge by what we see in or hear in the natural realm, but by trusting that what God has promised will come to pass. Amen. Um, we will never know Jesus's victory in its fullness until we stop reacting uh, humanly to our circumstances. And um, when someone truly has authority over something, uh, he or she can look at that thing without worry, without fear, with it, without any kind of anxiety. And our peace is the proof of our victory. Amen. And this is what allows us to rest and to rule as we are called to do with Christ. Amen. Let's go ahead and uh, read um, this uh, passage here from 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 5. And we're going to see what he tells us um, in verses 6 through 8, the instructions that we receive. Um, it says, Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Notice that we are to cast all of our cares upon him, knowing that God cares for us. And then verse eight, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist, well, 
actually, let's stop there. Well, no, let's go on to verse 11. Whom resists steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that he have suffered a while, will make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. God has a way of taking what the enemy had meant for evil and turning it around for good. Yes, we will suffer for a little while, but after that suffering, amen, meaning going through the trial, we will come to the end of it, amen, and that place is a place of glory. So the, the apostle Peter tells us here to be sober and to be vigilant, and we do this by making Jesus our prince. It means that we are paying attention to the word. Amen. We are remaining, remaining focused on the word. We are doers of the word. Amen. Uh, that's what being sober is about. That's what being vigilant is all about. And we learn to both take our defensive and offensive positions. And, um, and this is where we also factor our manner of life, um, which should be a walk of righteousness and holiness. Amen. Now, the Bible tells us that Jesus loved righteousness and hated iniquity, and because of this, he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his fellows. Amen. Uh, we are taught in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto us. Amen. So, in other words, we must first make sure that Jesus is in reality. Uh, our Lord and not just our Savior. Amen. It's not about being fireproof, escaping hell. Uh, it's about living a life that is conformed to the life of Christ, becoming more and more Christ-like. Um, this is our, where our protection actually comes from. Uh, this means that we must be quick to obey and give the devil no room in any situation or any area of our life. Um, either Jesus is Lord of our life or the enemy will be Lord in that area. We have to really uh, ponder upon this. Amen. We cannot just play church. Amen. Um, Jesus is either Lord of every area of our life or the enemy will find room to come and lodge in us and against us. So let's go ahead and um, close this study by um, reading from the first the book of first thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 first thessalonians 5 23 it says and the very god of peace sanctify you wholly and i pray god your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our lord jesus christ and look at verse 24 it says faithful is he that calls you, and will also do it. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord wants us holy, sanctifies us holy. To sanctify means that, to, you know, that he wants to set, separate us, set us apart for his holy purpose, for his own use. So the Lord brings peace to each area of our being, spirit, soul, and body, and brings it about peacefully. He is it is he who called us. He will do it. And he will use us 
as agents of peace to extend his kingdom into the life of others as we allow him to do so. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that Jesus is our peace, he is our rest. And as we think, O oh Lord, of where we were and where we are now, where you've taken us, we thank you for your unshakable kingdom where you always show yourself all-sufficient, the all-sufficient God and totally dependable. Father, we thank you that you are good and faithful to complete what you have begun in us. We thank you for teaching us and positioning us to walk in faith, faith, to focus on the things that are eternal, oh God, hallelujah, being confident that no matter what, the Prince of Peace will show himself strong on our behalf, will establish us in peace, in wholeness, so that our lives are fulfilled to the utmost. Thank you, Lord, for renewed hearts. Thank you for your anointing that destroys the yokes and removes the burden, and for enabling us to press on through every challenge, every adversity, obeying your word. And Lord, we thank you for using us to extend your peace to our generation. Only you are able to do such wonderful things, oh God. You are indeed wonderful. And we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the power and the praise that is yours and yours alone in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, and to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I trust that this study has been a blessing to you, and we invite you to join us again next Wednesday at the same time. God bless you, and have a good evening.